Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hey there, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today, I'm chatting with Michael Bazinski. Michael is president of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing, a lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and best-selling author. Dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association, Michael's sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. The parts of Boost we tackle during our conversation are build your brand, obtain more leads, and tap into new markets. Hey, Michael, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Hey, how you doing, Kelly? Doing great. Doing great. For folks who are hearing about Michael for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. I am Michael Bazinski. I am the proprietor of Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing. We work with service-centric businesses to help them garner more business from their website. I'm also a best-selling author of The Rule of 26 that talks about doubling your revenue from your website for service-based businesses uh, in three easy steps. I am a U.S. Air Force veteran um, and a lifelong entrepreneur. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Definitely want to lead with that. Appreciate you. No worries. And with that being said, tell us about websites. So what (laughs) have you found? And I'm sure you probably, there's all sorts of things that really just sort of uh, pet peeves, mistakes that you see people making on websites. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you find business owners make when it comes to approaching their website marketing? I would say the biggest mistake is right there on the page. Um, For years, people have gotten used to creating these brochure websites that talk all about them. And they forget that people are selfish and they're there for their own needs. And for service-based businesses, there's only two things you can do for your clients. You can either solve a problem or help them attain a dream. If you really think about it, there's nothing else a service business can do. And so when they're at your website, they're looking to solve their problem, alleviate a pain or realize a dream, which is all about them and has nothing to do with you. And so if we can take the I, we, and us out of our websites and put the you and your into the narrative, we are now going to connect with their pain points, with their dreams, their aspirations, right? And if we start there, we will then start to show how much we care because nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And so that's, so it's interesting that you should say, so solve a problem, obtain a dream. And that presupposes that I've done my homework to know who my ideal customer is, to know what problem I'm solving for or what dream I'm trying to. Yeah. If you don't know, if you don't know that you're not ready to market. So (laughs) we we have to, we have to do different work, strategy work before we get there. And a lot of people do, they, 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 they go into business and they're like, I'm going to do this thing, right? I'm good at this thing. Mm -hmm. And they do it. Right. Um, even if it's something as simple as uh, being a dentist. Right. And it's like, OK, as a dentist, 
you need to be very clear of what problem you're trying to solve, right? Because there's different types of dentistry and you have a lot of folks out there um, and they've been taught, you know, hey, general dentistry, that way I can do all the things. But are you the most profitable by being a generalist or are you more profitable being a specialist? So think about a general practice doctor. Those guys are not driving around in beamers, right? The 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 orthopedic surgeon, yeah. the brain surgeon, those guys are in beamers. <laughs> and that's because they're perceived because every time they 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 show up to work, they make forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars doing a procedure for a couple hours, right? That's a lot compared to a couple hundred dollars for spending anywhere between an hour to two hours worth of work when you think about all the reporting uh and and per- prep and wrap up and then trying to collect your money from the insurance and all this stuff, you're going to get three, maybe 400 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about what you're doing, if you don't know what makes you different and does, and you have not connected with your passion, how you can connect with other people's problems and dreams. Yeah, that's good. I definitely appreciate that. And so what are some of the, so that's probably the biggest mistake. What Mm -hmm. are other mistakes that you see that folks are making when it comes to their approach to website marketing? For service-centric businesses, it's all about bringing value in advance. As so many people, when they're focused on I, we, us, they're also focused on getting that conversion because they think that that's all that matters. And they forget that we don't get married on the first date, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you have a service that is kind of a transactional relationship, you can get away with a very short sales cycle. You know, I, I need this. I need this information. Usually information marketers are different than if you are, say, a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have something emergency, so say you're like an electrician, yeah, you're going to have some emergency information at the top um, and whatnot. But other than that, you need to provide value to these to your visitors before you start asking them on a date or even get married. Right. Um, I see a lot of times that people try to get them on an email list. Get on my email list. Get on my email list. It's like, why? What? What have you told me? What have you shown me? What have you delivered to me that says I need to give you my personal information so that you can undoubtedly bug the crap out of me until I either unsubscribe or you beat me into submission? And who wants that as your the start of your relationship? Right. Right. So, what are some of the forms of when you say bringing value in advance, so what does that look like? Like, is it an ebook? Is a what? What depends on what you have to offer. Sometimes it can be just as much. It could be as easy as a survey, you know, like a little quiz. Are you ready for LASIK surgery? Um, I'm using medical because it's easy. Um, <laughs> Cause if I got into some of the things that I, I, some of my clients are like fractional CFOs. I start talking about what they, how they deliver stuff. People are like, what the tick is this guy talking about? <laughs> right. So, uh, but, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys relatable uh, examples here, but yeah. So like, say you're a LASIK uh, surgery, you know, op- optometrist, right. And you, and you specialize in LASIK. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first thing to do is talk about like why LASIK is important. What are the questions that people ask about LASIK? Right. Because a lot of times these people are doing research on whether or not they even want that as the solution. Mm. Right. And people and your visitors come to you at different uh, parts of the sales cycle. Right. So you have people who have a problem, but don't know what the solution is. Some people have symptoms and don't know what the problem is. 
Mm. Some people know all of that information, but they haven't found somebody they trust. So if you can find ways to connect with them at all three of those, that way, when somebody comes in and they go, oh, yeah, look at that. That's my symptom. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the problem. Right. And you're helping people recognize that. And then you show them like, hey, listen, it might be as simple as showing them what other like before and afters of somebody else's work that you've done. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially like interior designers where they've got the before and after photos and then a case study of, you know, this person right here had a small budget and blah, 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 blah or they had a tight tight time frame or whatever that looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the underlying uh, factor is that you need to meet them at where they're at. And if you fail to do that, they will go find somebody who will. Yeah. And I'd imagine because there certainly is no shortage of information on the internet. And I mean, it's as easy as just Google who's who's up now, you know, let's find another laser surge. Like there is an overabundance of information. So as the consumer, actually, that's a question that I have for you. So how is it that you, how can I make sure that my website, that my website marketing, it, it allows me to be seen in a crowd of many, many other resources available to folks. So how do all, I rise above the noise? So, so the, when you do the work that other people won't, hmm. and I say that in respect to marketing research, mm-hmm. so many people assume so many things and then they write their content upon assumptions and they're arrogant enough to think they understand their clients. We never fully understand our clients. Our clients are evolving just as much as we are, Right. As human beings, we're consistently evolving and how we make our buying decisions are evolving as the technology around us evolves, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can go back to that and like for my clients, like before we do anything like SEO or uh, social media marketing or any of that stuff, we start with that uh, work. It's not hard. It's just what people don't want to do because it's asking questions of the people that you already know that are your perfect clients, right? And once you can identify the keywords that they use to search for your for your services, the keywords that they use to search for solutions to their symptoms, uh, keywords in their research on whatever it is that they're trying to obtain, if it's a dream, mm-hmm. right? Um, and using those keywords in your content will help you then rise to the top of search engines. Using those keywords in your social media will create higher engagement. Using those keywords in your blogs will make your blogs more informationally uh, relevant and then therefore more engaging and creating that value in advance, right? If you can be selfless, you will shine like a beacon in the dark. Mm. So many people are asking for things rather than giving things. Mm -hmm. Give away the farm. The animals will feed you for the rest of your life. (laughs) Right. Just, it just, it's people are so afraid of losing that they forget how to win. Mm. Yeah. And, or it's, you know, we think that we're, different than other people. I mean, we all love nobody's free. <laughs> well, we think for whatever we, or we forget that, yeah. okay, as a consumer, what, what is attractive to me? 
Right. It's I need a, a problem solved. I have big dreams and I need somebody mm-hmm. to help me to achieve my dreams. But then it, and that all makes sense as a consumer. But for whatever reason, we put that logic on the shelf when it comes to then, uh, you know, packaging our own solution, if you will, in and support message, of yeah. or insert. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned a couple of times those social media. And so what are your thoughts around organic social media marketing and lead generation? Like, does that work? Does that not work? If you like to waste your time, go for it. <laughs> this Tell is my, me what you really feel. Yeah, I'm not going to pull punches on that one. So there are actually statistics that show that uh, organic search traffic is seven times more profitable than organic social media traffic. Hmm. Now, why is that? Because when somebody searches for what they're what they are trying to solve, whatever the problem they're solving, or they they have a new dream and they're doing research on that, that means that they are actively looking for a solution. When you're in social media and it's organic, the only people you're talking to are the people who already followed you, mm-hmm. and you're only going to reach about two percent of those every time you put. Uh, a post up and a lot of times less than that. I tr- I track it and it's like, I cannot even get in front of enough of my followers to get the high enough engagement for the algorithm to actually give me some credit, mm-hmm. right? You like literally have to uh, find ways to game the system. And to me, gaming a system is not marketing. Mm. And that's what happened during the teens, the 2000 teens, is that it was very easy to game systems like Facebook ads and Google ads and all that good stuff. Then 2020 hit uh, with iOS 14 came out and all the privacy uh, restrictions came out and like, whoa, now we can't just go and hyper target, you know, people with purple hair that live in, you know, Greensville, Illinois, you know, that, that you can't do it. You just can't mm-hmm. do it. Now you can say, hey, if you're a person and you're a female in Greensville, Illinois, I can do that. But I can't mm-hmm. I can't say, oh, because you have purple hair, I'm going to do I'm going to get you. Right. And I'm only going to get that person in, in front of that people, those people. And that's in paid side. Right. In mm-hmm. organic, it just gets worse and worse as they need you. They want you. They must have you spending money. They don't make money unless you buy ads. Mm. Why do you think there's so many ads on your social yeah. media feeds? Because they have uh, stockholders that need to get paid. And if they don't, then people are going to get rid of their stocks. If they get rid of their stocks, it's not worth anything. If they, it's not worth anything, they go bankrupt. They go bankrupt, they're out of a job. Yeah, and what's interesting to me, again, you have to ask yourself, how are, what is your consumer behavior? I don't really know that. I'm trying to think, have I ever clicked on an ad, like a social media ad? And I'd I do. Hard. It's out of one out of maybe a hundred, though. <laughs> right, right. Well, of, you know, that's why so I can't think like, of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I do, but I'm also a curious person, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a utilitarian. So if they, if somebody is marketing a utilita- to a utilitarian, mm-hmm. and it's something that I need, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And and they're looking in. in so when they do the retargeting, we're, we're going into the weeds here. But, you know, my search habits follow me through my uh, habits of what I engage in in social media. Mm-hmm. So the advertisers are using some of that to find me yep. by my behaviors. Right. So my behaviors are not proprietary. 
Mm-hmm. They're there. You're using the system. What are you doing in the system that gives me a hint of what's going on? But organically, that doesn't do anything except for if you're doing, say, hashtags mm-hmm. and those types of things, right? Because if the only people you're going to, that are going to see your posts are the people who are following you. And if those people who follow you actually see you and then engage, their friends will see some of those as well. Okay. Right, it's right. the only way you're getting past your immediate audience. So you have 98% of your media eyes that doesn't see anything you do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on a regular basis, because the algorithm says, no, you got to pay for that. Right. That's why they have the little boost this, boost this, yes. boost this, pay me money, pay me money, uh, pay me money. So that's why it's not a good lead generation. What social media is really good at mm-hmm. is conversions. Mm, okay. Let's go back all the way to the back beginning when we said the biggest problem, right? We talked about that nobody cares what you know until how they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we do business with people we like and trust. Social media gives us a platform when people are doing research on us, how likable and trustworthy are we? And social media allows us to create this. Well, it allows a stage for mm-hmm. people to, to watch you act. Mm, Now as a consumer, you don't understand that a business page is an act, but if you're not paying attention to that, then yeah, you're going to, you know, not come across very trustworthy or likable. And it's not that you're not trustworthy or likable. It's that, that your, your flavor of likability might not be their flavor of likability. Gotcha. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense. So What in your estimation is the best inbound marketing tactic or strategy for lead generation? Because it sounds like social media. It's search. So like a Google, like, so just SEO, SEO is your biggest inbound marketing. Now there are many tactics uh, around SEO, right? Mm -hmm. SEO is the main tactic, right? Your strategy is inbound marketing Mm -hmm. and how we're going to do that. We're going to get, we're going to rank high on profitable keywords on the search engine because mm-hmm. the top three are the only ones that count in organic. Okay. The number goes in the high thirties, low forties for the top one mm-hmm. drops down into the high twenties for the second one. And then in the high teens for the third one, and then it's single digit uh, all the way down the page to less than 2% of all users go to the second page of the search engine result page. That's so believable. Top three. Yeah. Yeah. Top three. Wow. Okay. So if you look at it, you're like, okay, if I, if I'm, if I'm getting, so like I, we just did a report where we've been working with this Inc. 5,000 company and they've kind of a national feel and they're like, well, how many conversions did we get from search? Right. Mm-hmm. So we looked at it and we're like, wow, we increased your traffic to your website 700% by engaging search. Their visibility was up by 700%, right? Wow. I can't remember their traffic, but it was high. Um, so we increased that because they had good traffic because it's a well-known company, right? So I had a lot of direct and that w- and the owner asked a very good question. How many uh, SEO leads did I get compared to my direct leads? And we were able to give them that. That was easy, right? But the thing is, is that it took the visibility for us to get the visitors to get the conversions. Mm-hmm. When it was all said and done, we found out that we actually increased their overall conversion numbers 45% by the traffic we earned for them through search. Wow. Okay. Because, and the search conversions they were getting before us weren't profitable conversions because the people, because we can look at the keywords and see what they used to search, right? And they found out that they had people looking for jobs to work with them, not customers mm. to spend money with them. 
Interesting. Flip the switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. We want to rank for the consumer, what we call the commercial intent, right? Because we have people who are in research, education, and commercial, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and there's, and somebody could argue uh, recreational as well, but we won't go down that road. So we want people in a con- commercial intent. Okay. And so if you find those, once you find those keywords that people use, um, to find people like you without knowing who you are mm-hmm. and you're the one ranking at the top, you have the highest click-through rate um, from the search engine page than anybody else. That means you get the most chances to keep their attention and then get them to convert, get them to give you information or reach out to you. If you don't, they go back to where they came from yeah. and they get the next one. If they do, maybe they don't want to give you any information. They're still dating you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to go? They're going to go over to your social media because you got it proudly yeah. put on the top. And they're going to say, okay, what are these people like? Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. They give to the kids. Look at that. They did a picnic for their employees. Oh, that looks fun. They plant trees. <laughs> okay. I'll give them my money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. This is awesome. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. And so I know we're near the end of our time together. However, I know you've got this extraordinary best-selling book, The Rule of 26. And so if there are folks who are tuning in and hearing about you for the first time and or want to just tap into your genius because you are doing the thing. Thank you. What's the best way for folks to stay in touch or get in touch with you? Uh, to learn more about the book, go to ruleof26.com. And if you want to understand more about what we do with uh, service-centric businesses, go to buzzworthy.biz. And certainly you all will also be able to find that information in the show notes. Michael, it has been a pleasure connecting with you. Thank you for the work that you do and for your time this evening. No worries. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Kelly. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 